Jesus Christ in the forgotten place called hell. Another message based upon the word of God, based upon the scriptures, the words that we find inside our Bible. I'll be using the King James Version of the scriptures in this message, very serious message we have here uh, today. The majority of people in the world have no idea that they are on the way to hell. Most people do not even think about it. In fact, most people believe when they die, they are going to heaven automatically. That's how many people believe. You know, I grew up as a Roman Catholic. I had a concern. My mind was clouded, though. You know, I was taught about a place called purgatory, which I know now was nothing but a fictitious place, a make-believe place that does not even exist. It's a man-made invention of the Roman Catholic Church. I thank God for the Word of God, the Scriptures, the truth that set me free, and the Lord who opened up my eyes uh, to that. So, you know, very often, you know, a family member dies, and people will often say, I know they're looking down at me right now. I I can feel them. I can feel their presence, and so on and so forth. You know, if somebody famous dies, uh, for instance, like a, a rock star, you know, you'll you'll see something in the news and they say, now heaven got that lead guitarist that they need. Or an athlete when they die, something similar. You know, I remember many, many years ago uh, reading, uh, you know, how they have those cartoons that they make sometimes after somebody famous dies. And it showed, a, it was a famous ball player, baseball player who died and it showed him sliding into home plate and all the clouds of heaven around him and being greeted by uh, other teammates who are in heaven. You ever notice everybody goes to heaven, nobody goes to hell. So you, you know what it is, folks, it's a delusion, you see? It's not based upon the truth. It's not based upon the word of God. Listen to what Jesus Christ himself said here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. He said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Wow. So what is the Lord talking about here, folks? When he's talking about the broad road, the broad way to destruction, he is talking about the road, the way that ultimately ends up in hell. When he's talking about life, he's talking about eternal life, and you take that road, it's going to lead you ultimately into heaven. And that life is found only in the person of Jesus Christ. How many find it? According to the Lord, he said, few there be that find it. Be very clear with you today, folks. Few go to heaven. Not according to me, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep in mind, folks, the Jesus Christ that I am talking to you uh, about today is the creator of all things. 
Don't ever forget that he created all things. The same Jesus Christ who went to the cross created this place called hell. Don't ever forget that. That's right. Jesus Christ created hell. So, uh, as I said, folks, the majority of people in this world today, they are lost. They are dead in their sins. They are on their way to hell. They don't know it. Uh, you know, folks, the reason being, folks, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Folks, we have an enemy, Satan, the devil. There are demon powers that work against us. And up until the point of my uh, conversion, my salvation, okay, my coming to the Lord, I was blinded by the God of this world that's speaking of the devil. He does not want people to know about this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, does not want you to know what Christ did for you, his love for you, the fact that he paid the price, paid the penalty for you when he died on that cross. And we know he rose from the dead. So this is what I want to get across to you today, folks. If you do not know the Lord, your mind has been blinded. You're hearing the truth spoken here today. Purpose of this message, sowing the seed of the word of God. So that seed might be received by you. The lights will go on and you could be born again. So uh, pay attention to what you are hearing today. Revelation 12, verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Wow, think about that, folks. Satan, it says, he deceiveth the whole world world. So if you're deceived today, you don't believe the gospel, perhaps you're doubting what I'm even saying here today. You're thinking, who does this guy think he is? Well, that's okay. You're deceived, but you have plenty of company. The scriptures tell us he deceives the whole world. And you say, I was deceived, as I said, it wasn't until I heard the true gospel that I was saved. Glory to God. It's a great thing to be saved. 1 John 5, 19, it says, And we know that we are of God. Listen, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Once again, we see the deception, how, how great it is. It says, The whole world lieth in wickedness. So, folks, you look to the right, you look to the left. For the most part, people are on the road to hell. That's a fact. That's the truth. And if you've been born again, you know I'm telling you the truth here today. Something I want you to know, perhaps you're Jewish and you're listening, I want you to know that you need the same Christ, the same Jesus that I serve today. You need him in order to be saved. Same gospel. It's not a different gospel, folks, for you 
There's one gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. And I want to make it clear that uh, Moses served the same Christ that I serve today. Oh, yes, he did. And I'm going to prove that uh, to you through the scriptures. Once again, as I said, as I began this message, this message is based upon the truth of God's word. When we talk about the Bible, I'm talking about the Word of God, the Scripture. So here we go. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 24 to 27, it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So right there, folks, we see that Moses, he came to a knowledge, don't forget, he uh, was raised by, by uh, the daughter of Pharaoh came to the point, he knew he was Hebrew, okay? He knew, and that's where he wanted to be. He wanted to be with the people of God, the people that God was bringing through to an understanding of who he was, the people of God. Oh, yes, the children of Israel. So here he comes to a knowledge. Just think about it. Moses had it made in the shade. He had all Liddy's goods. But he wanted to be with the Lord's people. It says, he choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, listen, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why? Because he knew what eternity was about. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Listen, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So the Christ that Moses was serving, ladies and gentlemen, all those years ago is the same Christ that I serve today. Uh, many people don't realize that, that Christ is eternal. He's the eternal son of God. He had no beginning. We know that he came to this world, to this earth. He was manifest in the flesh. But keep in mind, he always was. I'm going to prove that to you even more here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat or food and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Right there, folks. So the Christ that I serve today, the Christ whom I preach to you today, is the Christ that the people of God in the Old Testament were serving. Oh, yes. So it says here, they all drank the same spiritual drink, we're talking about the living waters, and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And who was that rock? And that rock was Christ. So if you're Jewish out there today, I want you to know you need the Christ whom I preached to you today. 
as much as any Gentile. There's only one gospel, there's one message, there's one way. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ and nowhere else. So, you know, when you think about this gospel offer and how often it is mocked, ladies and gentlemen, it is scary to think about what it's going to be like on Judgment Day for those who reject the gospel, for those who have heard the gospel, whether it be by a gospel tract or a Bible being handed to you, whether it be a message on the radio or television, whatever, people straight preaching, maybe all of the above. You might have been uh, confronted many times uh, with the truth of God's word, with the gospel, but you rejected it. Oh, yes. L- listen to this, John three sixteen to 18. These words were spoken by Jesus Christ himself. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Keep in mind, Christ spoke those words. Those are the words of Jesus. Okay? He's making it clear that he was sent into the world. Okay? Those who have faith, believe in him. You're not going to perish. You'll have everlasting life. But he makes it clear that if you don't believe, you're condemned already. Okay? That's, that's incredible. You're condemned already. The reason being, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Don't miss the fact that it says God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, folks, but that the world through him, meaning Christ, might be saved. So, so when we talk about this place called hell, folks, I'm letting you know that there's a way out. And it's through Christ. And I'll make that clear as I go along in this message. You know, the Bible makes it clear in chapter 5 of the book of Romans, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. This This is what separates man from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see? There's a separation. Psalm 58.3 The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. Wow. So so you see, we have a, a problem, folks. It's called sin. And that sin will keep you separated from God, folks. That's why you need Christ, the sin bearer, okay? Otherwise, you just bop along in this life, do what you want, <laughs> when you want, and, yeah, and that's why your mind re- remains blinded, okay, to the solution, who is Jesus Christ. So those who ignore the warnings, folks, they're oblivious to their lost condition. I remember I was preaching on the streets in Times Square in New York, and, uh, you know, obviously there are literally thousands of people walking those streets, and uh, 
As I was preaching, you know, there was a lady with a group, a group of people. Maybe she was in her 40s, 50s, whatever it was. And she was probably about 10 feet from me, you know. As, as she's coming by me, she, she, she does the cuckoo sign. You know how they take their index finger and they twirl it next to their head like, like you're a cuckoo. That, that's what she was doing. And I just remembered uh, thinking, you know, this was so many years ago. I just remembered thinking, like, how unbelievable that is, that how blind people are that they would do something like that. I mean, all they have to do is remain silent, you know, if they don't want the message. But they go out of their way to, to specifically do something like that to say what you're preaching is nonsense. It's foolishness. That's what she's doing. And, uh, you know, many people, uh, millions feel exactly the way uh, that woman does. They just don't do that. You, you can tell by their countenance, by their expression as they would walk by. So it's not only that woman. Listen to this from Matthew chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. This is Jesus speaking. He says, And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. That's powerful. So what was the Lord saying? Many miracles were done by the Lord in that area, by Capernaum, okay? And yet the, the majority of the people there rejected the gospel. And listen to what he said. He's telling them, and he's talking about Sodom, meaning Sodom and Gomorrah that was judged. You know that story in the Old Testament, folks, all the way back there in the book of Genesis. We're talking about a land that was destroyed because of this sinfulness against Almighty God. And now here the Lord is walking in the midst of Capernaum, okay? And he's telling them, look, if, if Sodom had these kind of miracles, these mighty works would have been done in them, that land of Sodom would have remained until this day. That's powerful. Can you imagine that? So what does that tell us? It says uh, uh, it's going to be more tolerable. It's going to be easier. There's a, a judgment day coming, folks. Now, the people in Sodom right now, they're, they're, they're in hell. But the death and hell are going to give up the dead. There's going to be a final judgment day. But here the Lord is telling these people, because they rejected him, they rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ, that when it comes to that day, that judgment day, it will be more tolerable. It will be easier for Sodom than for them in that day of judgment. Wow, can you imagine that? This is a serious thing to be thinking about. We're going to go now to a very well-known chapter in the book of Luke. Keep in mind, this is a story that was told by the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. And folks, this is not a parable. This is truth, okay? Why do I say that? Because real names are used. I've said this before. I, I, I wrote a blog article many years ago, did another video on this topic, because real names are used. Abraham, Lazarus, uh, you, you never find the Lord using names when he talked parables. Oh, yes. So here the Lord is talking about an actual event. And keep in mind when he's talking about this rich man uh, who went to hell, uh, it's something that obviously happened. 
Okay, so let's start. Luke 16, we'll start at verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Let me stop there. I'm going to break up this uh, story here. So I want you to see this rich man, he, he had it all, folks. You know, I like to use that term. He had it made in the shade, okay? He, he didn't lack anything, okay? And on the other extreme, we have Lazarus, a man who's uh, outside the gate. He was probably with the dogs because the dogs were found licking his sores. So this man was in bad shape. And all he could rely on was uh, the crumbs uh, that would come from this rich man's table. So obviously they probably threw the crumbs to the dogs or whatever was left over. And this man was joining in trying to stay alive. So that's what we have here. Verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Wow, so we learn a lot here, folks. We see that the beggar died. And it tells us that Lazarus was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So, folks, where did this man go? Well, I'll tell you where he went. He went to paradise, folks. He went to heaven. That's where he went. You're a believer. You die. That's where you're going to go. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Don't let anybody else tell you different. That's where you're going to go. Remember the Old Testament, you, uh, Elijah caught up in a whirlwind. Where'd he go? He went to heaven, okay? So I, I want to comfort you with those words. So he died, and then we find out the, the, the rich man died, okay? And where'd he end up? It said the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes, and he could see across that uh, long separation and he could see, wow, Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. You see? That, 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 that's how they used to eat meals together, you know. They would lean on each other. And this is where Lazarus was in a place of comfort. And, and look at this. We see that the rich man has consciousness, folks. He, he can see. He recognized Abraham, okay? He recognized Lazarus. And, you know, it doesn't go into great detail how he knew that was Abraham. But obviously he did. And look what he says. He's crying out for mercy now. Have mercy. He says, just give me a, 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 a drop of water on my tongue. Cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. Now, that, that's scary, folks. We're talking about hell here. We are talking about hell. Keep in mind that the one telling the story is Jesus Christ himself. You know, people like to talk about God as a God of love. 
Oh, God would never send anybody to hell. Oh, no, he would not. My God is a God of mercy. Yes, he is. And we're talking about God in the flesh here, whose name is Jesus Christ. We're talking about the most merciful human being that ever walked this earth, the one who went to the cross. So you want to talk about love, think about the cross. Think about what he did to keep you out of hell. Oh, yes. Don't, don't, don't leave that out, folks. So uh, this is very, very interesting what we see taking place here. So uh, very interesting. You know, this is much like what happened when you uh, read about the thief on the cross and what happened to him. Uh, you know that story. I'll just give you from Luke 23 very quickly, verses 42 and 43. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily or truly I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So that story with the thief on the cross, uh, the, the man repented in the closing moments of his life. He knew that he was on that cross for the crimes he committed. He also knew that Jesus did nothing wrong. You see? Can you imagine that? So that's why I said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say? Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Paradise, another synonym for heaven, folks. Interchangeable. Oh, yes, they are. That's where, that's where he went. Can you imagine what it must have been like? The people are watching these people killed, the two thieves. They had no idea that one of them was going to be in glory. Hallelujah. Can you imagine it? You see, he couldn't, he couldn't do any good works. He couldn't wiggle down from that cross to be baptized. It was a turn that took place inside that man's heart. And the Lord knew it. It was true repentance. How do you know it? The Lord said, the Lord said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Glory to God. That's good news, folks. So, you know, getting back to that uh, rich man, you know, he called him Father Abraham. You know, that was uh, very common for, for the uh, Jewish people to refer to Abraham as father. And I'll just give you a clip from Matthew 3, uh, 7 to 9. Uh, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, this is speaking of John the Baptist, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat, or worthy for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So that man, the rich man in hell, uh, basically he was doing the same thing. He was calling Abraham his father. We know Abraham's the father of the faithful. Abraham served the same Christ that I serve today. So uh, these are things you need uh, to know. So you, you, folks, there could be people who are homeless living on the streets. They're, they're down on their uh, luck, as you would say sometimes. Uh, maybe they're uh, former alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever, but they're, they're out on the streets. But if, if a person gets saved and they're born again of the Spirit, they're a child of God. When they die, they will go to be with the Lord, just like that a beggar Lazarus who was outside uh, eating crumbs. So there are many poor people who don't have anything in this world, but they have the one thing that they need, the most important thing. They know the Lord Jesus Christ, they have eternal life, everlasting life, which is found in 
him. So getting back to this man, we learn that the rich man was in torment. He was in absolute torment. Can you imagine, folks? He goes from this life, this life of luxury, and in an instant, he's in hell. Think of that the next time you go to a uh, funeral, a, a wake, and you go into the funeral parlor, uh, and you see the, the person, whether it be a man or woman, inside that casket, uh, that's their remains. That's all it is. That's the shell. That's their body. It was like a tabernacle while they were in this world. But the spirit of that person left the body. That's why they're lying down there. Okay? They're gone. They're either in heaven or in hell. Oh, yes, folks. It's something you need to know. So let's get back. Verse 25, Luke 16, verse 25. But Abraham said, he's talking to the rich man. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. So we see, folks, this place called hell. There's a gulf fixed. And Abraham is telling this rich man, there's no way you can come from where you are to where we are and there's no way we can go from where we are to where you are. There's a great gulf. It's fixed. Folks, hell is forever and ever and ever. It never stops. It never ends. This is something that you need to know. Some people believe in annihilation, that you just cease to exist. Some believe in the uh, make-believe place called purgatory, which I was taught growing up, as I said, make-believe. No such place. You are either going to go to heaven or to hell. There's nobody in a place called purgatory. It's make-believe. I'll never forget that. So let's go to verse 28. We see, so uh, we, we learn Abraham told the rich man, there's no way that we can help you. you. We can't go from here to there, and you can't go from there to here. So, verse 28, for I have five brethren, this is the rich man talking, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Wow. So here we see now this rich man. He's in hell. And keep in mind, he's conscious now. He remembers his five brethren. Okay, the word there, brethren, a Greek word, adelphos, it means brothers. So he has five brothers. And he knew that they were in the same spiritual condition that he was. But they're still alive on earth. Can you imagine this? So, so he knows that they're going to be heading to the same place 
where he is. He says, send somebody. Send Lazarus there to warn them. And what does Abraham say? He says, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. What was he talking about? He was talking about the word of God. He was talking about the scriptures. So that same principle works today, folks. You know, many people have heard the word of God over and over. They, they change their channels on the television. They might uh, pass a, a, a Christian channel with, with a preaching the word of God or, or hear it on the radio or, or see it on a Christian T-shirt about Jesus and the gospel over and over. If they're not persuaded by the word of God, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. A man can come walking there. Lazarus could go walking into their a place and say, I, 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 I passed over into eternity. I'm here to warn you. Says they won't believe it. If they don't believe the word of God, the anointed word of God, you see, that's the power in the word. So, so when, when you reject the gospel, folks, it's a super serious thing. And it happens every day of the week. We're talking countless hundreds of millions, billions of people so, folks, uh, keep that in mind. There's no annihilation. There is no purgatory, no soul sleep. You see, folks, you die without Christ. You will end up in a very real place called hell. It's forever. You know, when we talk about forever, you know, we talk about everlasting. You know, we read about everlasting life. That's good. We like that. I like that. The Greek word for that word, uh, everlasting, is ionios, A-I-O-N-I-O-S. And that's what it means, everlasting. So that same word is used, listen to this, in Matthew 25, verse 46. It says, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And Jesus spoke those words. So Jesus believed that the punishment in hell was forever. It doesn't stop. Same way, you know, when you go to heaven, ever, everlasting life, eternal life, it doesn't stop. It's continuous forever and ever and ever. So you have a, a, a heaven that is forever and you have a hell that is forever. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I like to use the word hell. You know, some of the modern versions will... Uh, use the Greek word Hades. You know, people, you, you, you don't hear people saying go to Hades. You know, people get angry to say go to hell. <laughs> Even the world does that. Yeah, so Hades, I like to use the word hell. That's, that's the King James uses the word hell, okay? And um, that's what you need to know. You know, tell people, you know, some people, you know, very few pastors, by the way, they even talk about hell in this modern day. And if they do, sometimes they'll address it as a Christless eternity, which I don't like, you know, uh, you tell people are going to a Christless eternity to, to many of the people that, that that's bliss. That's like, great, thank you. Because they want nothing to do with Christ. So use the word hell. If you're a pastor or a Christian, use the word hell. H-E-L-L, hell. People know what you're talking about. It's easier for them to understand. Some people will say, oh, you're going to that other place, <laughs> that place. No, use the word hell, H-E-L-L. 
hell. So we find the Lord using the word hell in Matthew 23 and 33. He says, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Peter, he said this, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Wow. God didn't spare the angels that sinned. They were cast down to hell. I'll confirm that Jude chapter 1 verse 6. It's only one chapter in that book. It says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Wow. So, so we'll find uh, this word everlasting used once again in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. This is talking about the, the judgment day. This is judgment day where the sheep are separated from the goats. So the sheep are on the right hand and the goats are on the left hand. So where did the goats go? Let's find out here, Matthew 25, verse 41. It says, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Can you imagine that, folks? There will be billions upon billions upon billions of people that will hear those words on Judgment Day. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Wow. That's something you need to know, folks. Keep in mind, folks, when we talk about Jesus Christ, we're talking about God manifest in the flesh. And we know that Christ died on the cross. We also know that he rose from the dead. He proved his divinity. He got up from the dead. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. This is the Lord speaking to his disciples. He's, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Right from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. He's speaking to his disciples. There are holes in his hands. There's that wound in his side from the spear that the soldier pierced his side with. Here he is, risen from the dead. Glory to God. And here he's telling them to go into the world and preach the gospel. This is good news, folks. This is why he's telling the people, you're hearing about hell, and I'm telling you how to avoid it. Preach the gospel to every creature, every person. The believer shall be saved. The unbeliever shall be damned. Can it be any clearer? Right from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. Oh, yes. The one who created all things, the one who created hell, the one who went to the cross, the one who rose from the dead. Glory to God. The one who ascended back into heaven. 
Oh, listener, you can be saved. It's not too late. If you're hearing this message today, obviously you're alive. It's not too late. It's not too late. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 19. It's also talking about the time when Christ rose from the dead. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. How much power was given unto Jesus? He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That is speaking about deity, divinity. Jesus Christ is God, God in the flesh. Hallelujah. He's the one you need, folks. Absolutely, you need him to avoid this place called hell. How do you avoid it, folks? Well, you must be born again. Listen to what Jesus himself said. This was before he was killed. John 3, verses 6 to 8. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth or wishes, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell. Cannot tell. Whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. You have a physical birth. That's, that's what it means. You're born of the flesh. We're all obviously born of the flesh. If you're listening today, you have been born physically. You're born of the flesh. But if you've never been born again of the Spirit, hear me now, you're still dead in your sins. If you die in that state, in that condition, you will go to hell. No question about it. You're hearing the truth here, folks. You're hearing it plain and clear. So you must be born again of the Spirit according to Jesus Christ himself. The good news, folks, that we talk about so often is right here. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 10. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure or perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That is a powerful passage of scripture, folks. It's talking about the love of God toward us, toward mankind. Think about that. His love is so intense. The same one who created all things, the same one who created hell. It says, died for us. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. God's love was so great to us. God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Don't miss this, folks. 
much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. In God's courtroom, folks, every man and woman on planet Earth is found guilty, no matter who you are. Throw that good person thing out the window. (laughs) You're not a good person. You can do all the good works you want. It means nothing, folks. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed upon the cross that will justify you before a holy and righteous God. Don't ever forget that. That's why he went to the cross. The sinless Lamb of God, the sinless Passover Lamb of God, went to the cross so that people like you and me, ungodly wretches, might be saved. Ungodly wretches might have mercy. Hallelujah. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, you are an enemy today of God, if you don't know the Lord. For when, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So folks, here it is right here. Right now, you are either right with God, meaning you've been reconciled back to God through what Christ did for you, the death of his son on the cross. You put your faith in him and you recognize, I need mercy. God saved me. He cleanses you, okay? Makes you just in his sight, righteous because of what his son did. You're justified, okay? The penalty's paid. You have faith in the Lord. That's how you get right with God. So you've been reconciled. I've been reconciled back to God by what Christ did for me. And that's what you need to know, folks. This is the only way out. This is the only way to avoid this place called hell. So, you know, keep in mind as I began the message, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I spoke about the straight gate and, and the broad way. Remember, the broad way leads to destruction. And Jesus said, many there be which go in there at. The majority of the world is on that broad way to hell. He says, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Will you be one of those few? So folks, uh, no matter what you do for a living, no matter where you live, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter what color your skin is. The one thing I can tell you today is that you need Jesus Christ. You need Christ if you ever want to see heaven. I will leave it right there. Be blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ.